This is Richie Incognito of the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. Back to another edition of Locked On Bills, presented by Cover One. I'm your host, Eric Turner, joined by Dan Lavoy on this quiet Sunday because we have no Bills football. So we wanted to bring you a couple play breakdowns from the offensive side of the ball. Dan, how's your Sunday going? Well, it's not always great when I don't have Bills football going on, but since uh, we can consider last week's performance, I think it was probably better in, in the end. Yeah, definitely. It was kind of nice to sit back. And, of course, I mean, I'm kind of watching football. I'm also trying to look at some of the plays just to get them you know, ready for the week. But um, overall, I think we can agree that the game plan was terrible. Execution was probably worse. And, you know, when you go from first half to second half, you expect to see your staff adjust. And you know what? This team has done a decent job of doing that uh, from first to second half. But it seemed in this game, it, it seemed like Denison and that staff just failed ultimately. Would you agree with that? Yeah, this team came out in a short week, and they absolutely looked unprepared, underprepared for this. Uh, they, they did not make their customary adjustments that we've seen from them, and they really let the Jets beat them both at an individual level as well as with the scheme and the calls that they were making. Definitely, and so on to the first play that takes place in the second quarter. It's second and 13 from the 39-yard line. They are in 11 personnel and motion shady out of the backfield, and much like most of the game, the Jets are in man coverage, in, in off coverage to the bottom of the screen. What you'll see as we run the play is uh, it, it ends up being man. You see everyone breaking on the ball, breaking on their players, and you get the man turn bottom down here. You get a man turn to the top of the screen, uh, single high safety deep. So um, five wide set, which um, the Jets, another theme of the night, brought five rushers. And we're going to break that down here in a second from the tight camera angle. But, Dan, what are you saying, seeing as far as – uh, prior mayor route where it's, you know, Tyrod's eyes were on this route. Where was he looking to go? So, uh, it looks like Taylor's looking on the right side of the ball. Uh, he has, he has three receivers towards the light, the right side, uh, far right running a go route. Um, then he's got a short out pattern and then O'Leary's going to kind of sit in the middle of the play a couple of yards off the line of scrimmage. Right. So, so he's working right to left here. Uh, and he thinks he has somebody, uh, it's a question of if he has time to deliver the ball to them though. Right, and and his primary, you believe here, is uh, Jordan Matthews right here in the slot. Yeah, that's that's what I think he's he's looking at. Yeah, it, it, that's I'd have to agree there, and it does look um, like he's matched up versus Jamal Adams, and that guy. I mean, both of these safeties, Jamal Adams and Marcus May, deep here, are are definitely guys that are you know blossoming this uh, in their first year uh, in the NFL, and you, I mean, you see Adams break really hard on this. So even if this was a you know a quick throw to Matthews. I think it's going to be close primarily because if you watch Tyrod, he's throwing obviously from the far hash. So this is a far hash throw to probably where the numbers, he's probably going to hit him right outside the numbers. Yeah, right about I, there. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good throw. It's one that he can make, but with Jamal Adams breaking on that with that type of route, it's going to be a close call at the catch point, right? Yeah. And you can also see the, the outside cornerback is flipping his hips right about the same time. So they've already got the timing of this, of, of the pattern down. They, they know where to expect the break yeah. and, and they're gambling pretty hard on this, that they can take it. Yeah. And I, it's, I mean, again, even if he completes this, he's probably brought down immediately bringing up third and long, but yeah, uh, we'll take a look at it from the tight camera angle because I mean, Tyrod Taylor was sacked all night. And uh, uh, like I said, the theme behind those sacks were, you know, five man pressure. So I want to break that down here. You see a linebacker, Darren Lee motion uh, with McCoy. So it, it's, it's man coverage. Um, you have, uh, Demario Davis right here. He's going to be a man coverage on uh, O'Leary. 
and uh, it's it's pretty straightforward. And that's what the Jets did all night. They manned up. They relied on their defensive front. Who had there's a, a lot of talent on that defensive front, and we're going to talk about probably their best player, Leonard Williams, here. Uh, but again, it's a you see it's a five man uh, pressure, five man rush. But describe what Mr. Leonard Williams does to our boy uh, Richie on this uh, pass rush here, Dan. Yeah, well, he, he, he catches Richie uh, coming back, and he just uh, brings out a two-handed, two-handed swat across the body. Richie was not prepared for that, not expecting that, and he's, out, he's just completely beat. And yeah. that gives Williams a, just a free shot right there. Sure, and I mean, uh, I, I didn't put the timer on this play, but it's pretty bang, bang. I mean, he gets to the top of his drop sets, and then he's, you know, if he were to throw, again, it would have been close, but the power – exhibited by Leonard Williams against, you know, a guy that's pretty strong handed. I mean, just that double handed swat just sends Richie off balance. So here comes Leonard Williams free. And, uh, you know, you can see Tyrod sense it right there. Yeah. Um, but uh, another guy that had a big night, I think Wilkerson here is the one that cleans up uh, eventually here. Yep. And, and he's fast enough. He gets Taylor from behind. He Taylor tries to, to step up in the pocket even just to, to get a little bit of a run, get some yards in, but it, it's not close enough. He only gets to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and it's one of those plays, it's split second. If you, you talk about um, he gets to the top of his drop, and you know if he had pulled that down a split second quicker right then, he would have been out the shoot here. Man across the board, that could have been a big play, and it's something that we're used to seeing from him, but we didn't have it in this game, right? Yeah, I think this is the big difference is the Jets dared him. This was actually a great opportunity for him all game long to, to find those runs in the middle of the field and just pick up chunk yardage, 12 yards here, 16 yards there. The problem was uh, they compressed the pocket. They, they had free rushers coming with this five-man rush, and he never really had those opportunities to step up and get to the second level. Right. Uh, it's a good play by the Jets. Again, they, they manned up. They went one-on-one, uh, five blockers for five defenders, and they won those matchups, and that was kind of the theme the whole night. With that said, we'll move on to the next play in our breakdown. The Bills uh, are still down three in the second quarter, and uh, they're a minute and 14 left in the quarter, in the half, and the ball's on the 40-yard line. And, uh, you know, the Jets just come out and and, and play man coverage versus uh, 11 personnel. We have a trips bunch set with the ball on the left hash, and the, the bunch set is really tight to the line of scrimmage. So, um, Dan, why don't you break down some of the routes, starting um, with the bottom of the screen, Deontay Thompson, and uh, the release by Matthews and O'Leary into, the, into their routes. Yeah, so we have out of the bunch, all three receivers are looking to get far downfield. They're clearing out a path for the crossing receiver who's on the left side. So. Right. You see, the, you see these clear-out patterns. Uh, if it's man coverage, which it is, then they're going to bring three defenders with them, and that should open up some space for the guy in the one uh, who's coming across, and he should have room to work if they can get him the ball. That should be the primary read for this receiver. It appears, once we let it roll, that uh, the primary receiver is, uh, is who, Dan? Uh, yeah, so on the on, – we got Jordan Matthews coming across here. Right. He's, we're looking to see, is he available as he's crossing? And if not, you've got someone coming in the other direction that can open up some space as well. Yes, and, and you're going to have that receiver from the top of the screen. He does come open with the off and soft coverage. Um, but again, it looks from the eyes of Tyrod Till, and you'll see it better from the tight yeah, camera he's, angle. He's, he's, he's cheating towards the right as he starts here. He's, he wants Matthews, who's coming across towards the left. Right. 
All right, so we'll go ahead and let it roll here. And uh, what happens here is the, uh, the defensive line just makes a play because Tyrod has Matthews deep uh, on that over route. But we'll watch um, specifically, we're going to watch Cordy Glenn here in a second. But it was another one of those plays. It wasn't, uh, it was another, you know, five-man rush. But they also have a spy on the quarterback, right? Yeah, so Darren Lee, number 58, he's watching Tyrod. When Tyrod sits back in the pocket, Lee is going to blitz and try to disrupt the play, and that's where he gets him. Yeah, he does. And, you know, that's kind of the secondary rush, that delayed spy rush. But um, talk about Cordy Glenn versus Coney Ely right here because he is the initial rush that obviously forces Tyrod to move in the pocket, slide up into his left. Um, and ultimately, he doesn't make the throw to Matthews because of uh, what happens here. Yeah, so, so Ely is, is a similar type of player to Chandler Jones, who used to give Glenn fits when he was playing for the Patriots. He's, he's a bigger guy. He's got long arms. He's got a good power base. Yeah. And so you can see when he comes with his initial punch, he's, he's just knocking Cordy back a good two steps. That really compresses the pocket. That forces Taylor to step up. He wanted to throw right there, but he can't because he has to come forward to get out of there. And as he comes to make the throw – that's where Lee is already on his way with the delayed blitz. Yeah, and you're right about Coney Ely and how he matches up and compares to Chandler Jones, that long player with nice power. And he's a, you know, he's a wily vet, so he has several pass rush moves. He has um, pass rush plans. You know, you see him initially hit, get the inside uh, right to you know the chest of Cordy Glenn that lifts him, and then of course he then he doesn't stop. He has a plan. He rips through it. And with that same left arm that he just ripped with, he hits the elbow of Tyrod as he's winding up. So Tyrod, it affects his elbow. He has to pull it down. He has nowhere to go because Lee closed that little bubble that opened up that, you know, maybe Tyrod would have stepped up and made a throw or at the very least, you know, ran the ball. So it was, uh, it was the theme of the night. You know, here they brought uh, four rushers. And then, the, you know, the fifth is that spy, that delayed rusher and um, really affected – uh, Tyrod playing from the pocket, obviously, that was the plan, but it also affected Tyrod and his explosive plays when he wants to pull it down and extend the play. Yeah, and I think that was the theme of this night was it was missed opportunities. Uh, there, there were just too many players across the Bills offense who, who lost their individual matchups. And uh, like, for example, the very next play, Tyrod hits Jordan Matthews, and you think he's getting you know, he gets close to a first down. They could have kicked a field goal here. Matthews forces his own fumble. The Bills lose the ball. They lose the chance to tie it up before the half. Uh, the coaches had opportunities. They ran – they didn't run a screenplay until the third quarter. That one gets them some positive yardage, and then they don't even go back to it for the rest of the game. So uh, the, the team did not adjust well. They didn't win their individual matchups, and, and there was just a lot of lost opportunities in this game. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it was one of those things. Uh, the Jets came in. They wanted to stop the run. That's always what we're going to see uh, from opposing teams because Shady is our, you know, number one weapon. You can count on him getting a lot of touches in the pass and in the run game. I mean, he finished this game with, you know, 12 attempts for 25 yards. His longest run was 13. You know, Taylor added six attempts for 35 yards, obviously got a touchdown, and the longest run of the day was 18 yards uh, on that zone read play. But it was one of those things, you know, the Jets – they, they crept those linebackers close to the line of scrimmage. You know, normally uh, the depth of the linebackers, you know, four to five yards depending on the speed and, 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 and scheme itself. Um, but these guys were creeping up into three yards. I mean, they're basically sitting right in the gaps. And especially if you're going to try to run that outside zone game that uh, we had success running against the Jets in week one, 
Uh, it's just not going to work when you have those linebackers selling out coming downhill, right, Dan? Absolutely. And it was actually uh, really surprising and really impressive for the Jets that, you know, they, they were able to find slower linebackers like Demario Davis or smaller linebackers like Darren Lee. Uh, these players who the Bills were able to find mismatches in week one, but the Jets put them in a good position to succeed, and, and the Bills never really responded to that. Okay, so we're going to transition to the second half because the first half, it was terrible, but we're still in the game. You know, 10-7 to 7 coming out of the half, and um, the offense is backed up, and they, they want to run the ball, you know. So you want to see adjustments from your staff. You know, the defense was stopping our run in the first half, and they're playing a lot of man coverage. And when, when your defense is played man coverage, you're going to see a lot of guys in the box just in case there is a pass. But on this play, right out of half, you see the Bills come out in 21 personnel, and they'll motion Matthews across formation. All right, and they're going to run just a little, you know, counter tray, which has worked this season. You know, it's, it's a gap uh, a run that has had a lot of success, right, Dan? Yeah, this is a solid play. McCoy runs this really well. The offensive line's comfortable with this. So it, it works great when the Bills execute it properly. Yes, and it's this is not one of those plays. And, you know, the execution is one thing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ding the coaches on this one, primarily because, again, if you can't run the ball, if you're playing against a lot of men, you're playing against a lot of stack boxes, you're playing against a lot of linebackers that are – look at them. I mean, they're right at the line of scrimmage. You know, they're only a few yards off the ball, but – and the other thing is, I mean, look how many guys are in and around the box. I mean, basically the whole defense is right in the box now because of the uh, man coverage. You know, these guys obviously selling out if uh, man coverage if this is a pass. I mean, across the board. All right. So this brings everyone into the box, Dan. And when you're trying to run this, this scheme, it's, it's going to be tough to run against a stacked box like this. Regardless, execution has to be almost perfect. But on this play, it just even if it was perfect, it's such a stacked box. There's so many numbers to the right side here that it's going to be hard to, to, you know, to run against this, right? Yeah, they put this – I mean, you can see there's pretty much 10 players in the box right here just within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And uh, that right there pretty much has this dead-on arrival. There's just so many bodies right in front that they're, they're all coming together and clumping, and there's no room for McCoy to run even if he could. Right. Okay, so we'll break down the play. So you're going to have a couple down blocks, obviously – you're going to have a back block here by Eric Wood and then another down block by Ducasse there. And so um, you're going to have a, a little combo double team right here by O'Leary and Mills. And what uh, they are supposed to do is determine uh, once that leverage is picked up on this defensive lineman, one of them has to pick up the backside. All right. So that's, that's the front side of play. You're going to have obviously Richie pulling from the backside and he's going to want to kick out this uh, force player. And you're going to have uh, DeMarco, who's in the offline tight end position, also pull and lead. But talk about the numbers game here, Dan, and talk about uh, specifically Jordan Matthews, what he's supposed to do on this play. Yeah, so you can already start to see, if you're looking at the video, that there's a, a problem here, which is that Jordan Matthews, he's supposed to come around the right side of O'Leary and Mills, and he's supposed to pick up, uh, pick up a defender and block him out of the way of the lane. But there's two guys here, and one right. of them, uh, Demario Davis there in, in, on the left side, is uh, he's kind of hiding between the, the defender and, and Bill's player, O'Leary. So he gets caught up, and Matthews just – I don't know if he misses him or thinks that's not his assignment, but yeah. he, he skips him and goes to the next player. And, and Davis is in great position to bring down uh, McCoy. Yeah, and again, you know, at the start of play, like I said, I think this is just a bad call. It's not how you come out, it, especially after the way that they – 
defended you in the first half. And again, if even if this was a perfect play call, if Matthews picks up this defender, you know, Richie's coming out here and picking out, uh, I think that's Jenkins down there. Uh, DeMarco does get held up a little bit by the interior defensive lineman, but even if he makes it to the play side, they still have one free defender in the hole coming downhill. So um, yeah, you take that matchup a lot of time, but it's just such a numbers game. Uh, we're outflanked, we're outnumbered, and you would have to have it locked up perfectly because, again, you have um, one, two, three, four, five guys to the play side here. So I'm um, just not a fan of the call. I don't know about what your thoughts on this, Dan, uh, coming out of half. Yeah, no, if, if this was me, uh, and especially looking at this front, um, so I don't know what responsibilities Taylor's given and and how much he's allowed to audible off the line, if he's just allowed to kill plays to a second option or if he's allowed to have more creativity than that. But this to me is looking a lot more like uh, one side is overloaded and what the Bills should have done was see if they could try and isolate Zay Jones to the left side or at least use, use the fact that they knew that there was man coverage to, to try and find some kind of an opening here. Yeah, and it doesn't appear like it's because uh, normally uh, when the uh, Taylor comes up to the line of scrimmage and they do have a run called, uh, they do a can 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 call. And what that means is they they have two run plays called where if you know he doesn't like the look of the front over here to the right side of the offense, he can he can kill it as you said, and they can you know run it to the other side. But um, it doesn't look when he comes up to the line of scrimmage like he has two plays called you don't see him motion you don't hear you don't see him make the hand gestures of can 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 or the thumbs up so it looks like this play is just called um as far as audibles uh, we don't really know that's not something we can really touch upon but uh coming out of the half again almost like in the first uh, the first play of the game where they ran that naked bootleg to jordan jenkins who was unblocked um which is a play that's worked really well this year we don't really know if there's an audible off of that that play call so it's not something we can really talk about but Dan, I think we're in agree agreement here that this is just a bad play, um, not not smart by the staff, and then of course the lack of execution uh, exactly. by, the, by the players. Yeah, the Bills the Bills want to come out of halftime and they have a script, they have an idea of what kind of plays that they want to run, and uh, if if the defense has a good sense of what they're trying to run and they play play it just perfectly as they did, uh, the the coaches really should have had a better option out there and, and they didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, a short week for both teams, so there's no excuses. But when it came down to it, uh, the Jets players made plays, and they won their matchups. And, you know, that's what football comes down to. And it wasn't one of those games that was close, and it came down to four or six plays because, no. I mean, I, I probably couldn't count four or six plays that were positive plays and, and good execution by the offense. So they didn't deserve to be in this game. And, uh, honestly, it was a, a rude awakening for that offense, you know, and, and this team, because it seemed like we started getting, you know, the ball rolling a little bit. But with all that said, there's a lot to learn because um, this is a copycat league, right, Dan? And so you're going to see this game plan replicated from here on out, starting with the Saints um, So in about a week. So um, it's one of those things. So what do you do? What, what's, what's the positive outlook and what can they learn from this game plan that the Jets, uh, you know, put forth? Well, I, I think there's a couple positives. The first one being that the Bills are going to have Kelvin Benjamin for his first appearance, and it's against a team he's very familiar with, uh, the New Orleans Saints. They're going to get him. They're going to get Charles Clay back. He's been working back from his injury, and it sounds like he's going to be coming back hopefully this week, uh, possibly the week after, but it sounds like he should be getting back. So having targets who can win individual man coverage matchups is huge because that's what the Jets did is they, they dared the receivers to win quickly, and, and Buffalo's receivers couldn't. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so that right there is, is huge. And then beyond that, it's, it's hoping that the players can just keep performing with, with better individual technique that they were and, and set an anchor so that they can give Tyrod a chance to throw the ball. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's, it comes down to winning one-on-one battles when teams want to play man coverage like that across the board. And I will say this, you know, there aren't many teams, there aren't many linebackers that can execute that game plan that we saw from the Jets. They have some athletic linebackers and obviously playing at home, um, obviously helped them a little bit too, but um, not many teams have the personnel to execute that, but getting Benjamin in a fold, a guy that can win with his size, win one, you know, one-on-ones with his size, getting clay, that you know, back is obviously if he comes back, he opens up a lot, uh, especially on the outside for for a receiving core that really doesn't overall top to bottom have that elite uh, talent to separate with their physical skills. Um, and we've seen that Dennison, um, his scheme is not one that is uh, heavily built on getting players open. It's getting it's it's basically built on concepts. Uh, you know, a lot of high low concepts and hoping that. Tyrod Taylor can read the defense properly and just distribute. It's not one that is um, an X's and O's based type scheme. So um, they're going to need to have guys that can win one-on-one matchups. So getting those guys back uh, definitely uh, will help the offense. And of course, uh, you know, this has been an offensive show, but uh, the defense has to play better because uh, our offense isn't built to, to come from behind like that. Absolutely. Yeah. This, as much as, as the offense struggled in this game, the defense struggled just as much and having them play back to their potential and again, getting healthier too, when they can get some of their players back into rhythm, I think that'll be great. And that'll help the bills get back on the winning streaks. Definitely. So uh, thanks for joining us on this Sunday night edition of lockdown bills presented by cover on. I'm your host, Eric Turner. Dan, it's been a pleasure. Where can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, you can follow me at Dan R. Lavoy. All right, so uh, get to CoverOne.net. I just got done finishing uh, the all 22 breakups uh, and cutups of uh, the offense, so get to CoverOne.net to see that. Dan, uh, what would you have come out today on Buffalo Rumblings? Uh, so I just had a, a piece come out about a day ago where we talked about uh, pretty much this. We talked about Tyrod Taylor's performance in the game and how he was really let down by a lot of his team members who weren't able to execute. So if you want to see some gifts and see see a breakdown of each individual drive, we've got that for you. Yeah, definitely. It was good stuff. So, uh, again, thanks for joining us. This has been Lockdown Bills presented by Cover One.